Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Thank you. Thank you for joining me as we discuss how to do more, uh, you know, duh, winning. Oh, that's right. More winning. As we discuss that, we do, we do. I, I say we a lot, but it's really just me, to be honest. Sometimes I have a cat hanging out in here, but that's about it. Anyway, any shway, don't forget to follow me on the Twitters and the Gram at RMK Madness. Had an article come out on Saturday that unaccounted for carries or vacated carries article that I spoke about. But I have a good idea what to do for topic for the next, uh, uh, you know, few weeks until football really ramps up. If it indeed does, we'll see. But I hope you had a good weekend. I hope everybody had a good weekend. I hope if you did some drafts, everything's going well. I'm pretty happy with my... Uh, with my leagues thus far, I am, I am. I can tell you real quick, I'm, I'm doing some drafting. I have the one IDP league, uh, basically just picking up a lot of rookies in that so far because it's it's more of a keeper IDP league. And so, you know, some of the good teams, they tend to get their five rookie picks in and then they dip out. Well, as I've taken over this orphan team, it's taken a while to kind of, you know, build up. So I tend to get rid of the past couple of years, at least about half my team. So I have more draft picks. So I've been hitting these rookies hard. And there's some guys that I like that are just still sitting there. And and slowly but surely, teams are going to start dropping out of the draft because they're going to be out of picks. Good news for the chatter. So that one's going okay. But I do have, I do have the new Superflex that I was doing. And in that, I kind of like my team. I went very young in this one. And see, I had planned to kind of take a different strategy. You know, I like me that modified 0RB kind of strategy. I don't like to pour in on the running backs early. I don't like to commit that much to running back early, which I know is kind of the thing now. But for me, the fragility at the position the shelf life, everything you take into account. Now, if you're doing redraft, guillotine league, something where this isn't, you, you don't have to worry about keeping these players long term, yeah, that's a little bit different. But even then, even then, you draft Alvin Cook. What if he goes down week three? Particularly this year. And I know that could happen to receivers too. But the thing is, there's plenty of receivers. You can find receivers. Running backs are harder to get. So I guess I'm just kind of like, eh, spend less of those top picks on the top running backs. Because if it comes down to it, it's really those cheaper running backs are what you can use. And then me, I just like to build, build, keep going younger and younger with the running backs. Cycle them through. But this, this draft... I decided to go a little bit different route. I was going to try and go more running back heavy early on, just to, just to see. But just the way the draft fell, 
it didn't quite work out that way. And so I kind of, I again went because I was, again, at pick 11, <laughs> two super flex drafts in a row, pick 11. And once again, I went quarterback. I went to Sean Watson. Kyler Murray was gone. Because there wasn't a running back I liked there. And I knew I could get a receiver at the next pick. Or running back, whatever I decided to do. Now, in this draft, in this particular draft, it was all running back. (laughs) All running back. And I knew if I really wanted to get, I had to get at least one. One that I felt really good about. So... I went Jonathan Taylor. Again, very young. He should have a role this year because I want to be able to go young, but I want to be picky and choosy and good enough in my evaluation that I'm getting guys that will produce this year. I want to produce, I want to, I want to compete every single year. See, there's some people believe, you know, you're either competing or you're rebuilding. I believe you can do both. I believe there's ways to do that. I believe that's the best way to do it. And so this draft, it kind of didn't work out the way I wanted it to go just because of how the draft was going and how things fell. So I just was like, eh, it's going to look a little bit more like that, you know, modified zero RB that I do so often because of the way it looks. But the problem is, I'm, 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 I love Chris Godwin, <laughs> and I wasn't able to get him. I would have had to take him, like I did in the last Superflex, with my second pick. Because I didn't get him in the third round. But the problem was, in this draft, unlike the last draft, I went Kyler Murray and Chris Godwin. And, that, and then I got Jonathan Taylor in the third round. No way was that happening <laughs> in this draft. People gave zero fucks about receivers, just about everybody. It was quarterback and then and, and running backs, it, like boom, 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 boom. So I was like, eh, I better make sure I get one. And at that spot, there were still a couple of guys there. But I couldn't, I couldn't. I'm like, if I'm going to get one of these guys, I'm going to get Jonathan Taylor. Because his player profiler says... He's one of those backs that's kind of generational. And he's in a good spot. And I just like Jonathan Taylor. And he's young, man. You got to go young. So this is someone I feel very comfortable in. And then third round, fourth round, I go receiver, receiver, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. Turn around in the fifth, take Baker Mayfield because they were hitting those quarterbacks hard. And, hey, there's a lot of receivers I liked. So I was like, fuck it. And then I came back in the sixth and took Darius Geis. And then in the seventh, Keyshawn Vaughn was sitting there. The end of the seventh round, they just let him fall to me. And I said, well, fuck it. Because he'll have a role, some sort of role on the Bucks. Worst case scenario, eh, he's a bye week fill-in. Best case scenario, he is someone very productive in his rookie season that I can then flip. <laughs> because I, I'm going to... I, I don't mind taking a chance on some of these running backs, but if they hit, I'm more than likely to flip them. But we'll see. We'll have to see what happens with Mr. Keyshawn Vaughn. But I thought that was good value. And then I went rookie again 
and wide receiver and went Justin Jefferson. Now, why? I kind of liked him the best out of the players in that particular spot. I wanted another receiver, and I have yet to get Justin Jefferson. And as someone who roots for the Vikings, I have no Justin Jefferson in any across all my leagues. And so I wanted to make sure I got him, so I did that. The one mistake I made I made of the draft? Well, it's only a mistake in hindsight. Because Christian Kirk had fell to me in the ninth round. Which is insane. And I knew he wouldn't last to my second pick, the beginning of the tenth. But I wanted a tight end. And they were starting to go. I missed out on TJ Hawkinson and Mike Gusecki, my two favorites right now. And somehow, Hunter Henry was still sitting there. So, I decided I really want Irv Smith. Now, the guy that was at the turn, I had been sniping him all day. He had been talking about it in the chat. I have been sniping him all day, all draft. And so... I was like, man, I don't want to be this, this to be the one time he snipes me and takes Irv Smith from me. And so, and I know people are like, well, you took Justin Jefferson. That's okay. I don't care. <laughs> and so I really wanted to get Irv Smith, and I did. And normally I don't like stacking like guys like that, but I think Irv Smith is going to be special, and I really like Justin Jefferson. Like I said, I wanted to get him. And... I did that because I thought for sure this guy would take a tight end because he didn't have any. And I didn't have any, and they were being taken, and he didn't take one. (laughs) He did take Christian Kirk, though, so I was like, "Ah, I might have been able to get Christian Kirk. And and he even said, I thought he was going to snipe me again. I'm like, fuck, I should (laughs) have. But then him not taking Hunter Henry, he was sitting right there, and I'm like, fuck, why is everybody hating on Hunter Henry? So I took Hunter Henry. And boom, sit on tight end for a bit. After that, picked up Denzel Mims. And then I was going to go running back. But motherfuckers let Jonu Smith fell. And again, I know, I got A.J. Brown. Titans aren't the most pass-heavy offense. But Jonu Smith is a fucking beast. He's 24 years old. He's already working out with Tannehill. I guarantee good year for him. In fact, Smith and Brown might be the Titans' top pass catchers. And again, I like to trade. I like to make moves. So the draft for me isn't just about, oh, this is going to be my team. No. If you're going to fucking let John U. Smith, and this is where I went wrong a little bit with Christian Kirk because I was just so fixated on getting Irv Smith. But if you're going to let dudes fall, I'm going to snap Keyshawn Vaughn, John U. Smith. I should have done it with Christian Kirk. But no regrets. <laughs> but if you're going to let these dudes fall, I'm going to snatch them up. I'm going to snatch them up because if they kick ass, I don't have a problem trading, right? And then the guillotine league, I had that draft this weekend. That's been fun. I think I talked about, because I talked a lot about uh, the guillotine league, obviously, in my last podcast. And I'll just update you on what's going on with my squad. So, well, let me find it, let me find it. Again, I started out with Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, and then went Darius Geis, DJ Chark, right? And then, and then, 
person wins. Mike Gusecki, right? So I had basically my starters set for my flex spots, which I then, my next two picks, grabbed Matt Breida and Preston Williams. Now, I really have no idea when my next pick is coming up. Oh, two picks away. So very soon, I will be drafting again in that league. And I'll probably hit running back wide receiver because it got six bench spots. So I've got my whole starting lineup set. Now I'm going to bench spots. Okay, and here with my bench, I'm going upside, 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 upside. Because if these guys hit right off the bat, good for me. I've got some players, you know, and I'm thinking like rookie, second year, you know, upside. We're shooting upside. The ones that don't make it, I drop when I go to make my bids to pick up players from the team. This is going to work out. Okay. Anyway, anyway. So that's a part of my weekend has been the drafting, the the drafting, because it's been too fucking cloudy still to see Neo-wise. What the fuck? Although the clouds did part a little bit one night, and I still couldn't see Neo-wise because that's, that's over in the northwest. And in the northwest, there was still cloud cover, couldn't see much. But Jupiter and Saturn, they were saying hi. And so I finally pulled out the old telescope, and I did get a nice little view of Jupiter, but I gotta admit, I got some work to do with this telescope. I gotta practice, man. I gotta get better at using this fucking telescope so that I can take some badass pictures with it. But I'll get to that. (sighs) Other than that, there was a big thing on Twitter. At... Justin Finnew, just Finn, just Finn on Twitter. This dude's a real piece of work. (laughs) You probably won't be able to check him out now because now he's changed his Twitter handle and made himself his his account private because he's kind of a douche. (laughs) Yes, he's kind of a douche. Very misogynistic. Uh, doesn't believe in masks, COVID. He's just real fucktard. I'll put it that way. Don't like him. Nobody should. He's a bitch. And he got called out a lot and started complaining that he's getting bitched at for his opinion. And so you can have an opinion, but then if it's a shitty opinion, you'll have to deal with all the opinions of the people who find your opinion shitty because it's shitty. There you go. And I'm going to make this clear. Sports fantasy football. It doesn't care about gender, race, etc. It doesn't care if you're a man, woman. If you're black, white, gay, straight, we're all equal. We're all equal here. Now, it doesn't always seem that way as far as professional sports because of how the athletes in particular can get treated. And I mean, especially with like college sports and particularly the NFL where, you know, it's just... <laughs> I totally forgot about that fucking thing and it just turned off on me a day. Hey, not the first time, right? <laughs> but it, 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 I know there is issues in sports. That's not what I'm saying. But sport in general doesn't care, right? Sport in general fantasy football community in general doesn't care 
dudes dissing women and talking about how they don't know shit in sports. And it, it gets scarier when you look into his profile, which, again, you can't do anymore because he made it private. <laughs> he lost a shit ton. He had, like, when I first saw, I think it was, like, Friday, Thursday, something like that. Dude had, like, no, I think it was Friday. Dude had over 700, almost 800 followers, something like that. By the end of the weekend, well, by the last time I saw it before it went private, he had barely over 600. Just no room for that shit, man. It's no, no room. You know what else doesn't care? About race, gender, it doesn't even care about sports. <laughs> and that's COVID-19. President of the NFLPA is trying to say, hey, we can't just work the coronavirus around us. Like, it doesn't fucking work like that. COVID doesn't care if you like masks or want to ignore science or if schools open elsewhere or whatever. And you know why they opened elsewhere? Because people fucking listened. <laughs> and they listened to science, and they isolated and wore masks, and they did so until they were told, you're good to go, instead of bitching and trying to get shit reopened too soon. There's a reason other places, it just, the ignorance blows my mind. <laughs> no science having fools. But COVID doesn't care, man. And like big NFL news, players are supposed to report July 28th. And funny how this is now going on. The NFL has had all this fucking time. And it almost seems like they were waiting for the virus to just go away. Or they were waiting for like basically a template to be laid for. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they were waiting for. But now... They're running into issues because players are speaking out on Twitter like, hey, we would love to play, but y'all ain't said shit about the health and safety of all this, how the, all this is going to go. <clears throat> and that's a problem. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Rookies are supposed to fucking report this week in some areas. We'll see if it actually happens. She'll start coming out ASAP. <sighs> I say two July twenty eighth. That's next fucking week, man. And they don't have this shit figured out. <laughs> Players that test positive are gonna go on IR for three weeks. That's kind of all they said. And again, I address this in a lot of my leagues. Dynasty leagues and about adding IR spots just to just in case some people were questioning it. But to me, it's a no brainer. You add some IR spots. If they're needed, great. They're fucking there. You're prepared. Nobody knows how this shit's going to go. I don't care what they say. You're prepared. And if you don't need them, you just drop them. You just trim them back down. It's no big fucking deal, man. Christ almighty. Some people make shit so difficult. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. 
But that's really all we know, is that they'll go on IR for three weeks if they test positive. And I'll tell you what, if they do get shit figured out and players start showing up, well, give it a couple weeks. We'll see how that all goes. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be a lot tougher for the NFL to pull this off than baseball, basketball, hockey. Baseball, dudes are already pretty far apart. Basketball, they got the bubble. Hockey, they're in fucking Canada with two bubbles. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how the NFL seems to think they're going to be able to do this normally. I, or close to normal. <laughs> but we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, anyway, great idea for what I'm going to talk about in the madness, which... For newer listeners, is the meat of my podcast. That's a, kind of the midsection, the meat with the main topic of the episode. And I'll get into that here in a second. But I come up with, and it, it, well, I shouldn't say I came up with it because many people have done. It's nothing new. But I decided I wanted to go. Well, we've got some time, and we're waiting for you know football to maybe get going. <laughs> You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on. And, well, we don't have a lot of stuff going on, is what I meant to say. We're just kind of playing this waiting game. So I decided I'm going to go ahead and go through team by team. And we're going to do it division by division. And we started today. And just kind of hit every team as far as what I think about the fantasy situation for those players. So that's what we're going to get into next in the madness, and we're going to start it off with the AFC North. (laughs) Welcome to the madness. That's right. That's right. The madness. Yes. The main aspect of the show, the main topic. What are we getting into? That's right, divisional breakdowns. So this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Each week, or each pod, each episode, I'm going to go ahead and hit up one of the divisions. Now, if this seems like it's taken a minute, and we start getting to actual football stuff happening, and football's on track, and all of that, which... I'd be surprised, but we'll see. <laughs> if that happens, then, you know, we'll kind of speed it up. I'll hit two divisions, do them a little quicker, I'll figure it out. But for now, we'll do a, vis- a division, a pod, so two a week. Bam! We got a month, month's worth of madness topics. That's right, that's right. And why do this again? Because there's not a ton going on. And I've talked about plenty of shit. Rookies draft strategies. I've talked about all my articles that I've wrote about, expanded on those, different aspects of running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, all of this stuff. So we've went through so much stuff. At this point, how much is really left until I start further regurgitating the same shit? So I'm like, hey, this will potentially still regurgitate 
some of the same shit. But at least it's a different approach. And it's kind of fun because I, I, I just like talking about different teams and, and, you know, what's going on with that. I enjoy doing things this way. So I'm a little disappointed I didn't think to do it before now. But, hey, we're going to get to it. So we're going to start, as I said... <clears throat> in the AFA North, because we're going to do the whole never eat soggy worms situation. And so we're going to go North first, East second, South, West last. That's how we're doing it. That's how we're doing it. And we're starting with the AFC because uh, it's A before N. That's pretty much why. That's pretty much why. AFC before NFC. Um, and, of course, we'll do I, – this is all in alphabetical order as well. So <laughs> we begin with the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Now, not a whole lot to say about Lamar Jackson. I know there's probably some people who believe that he could be hitting some sort of regression this year. And while I'll be honest, I can't say – he will score as many fucking points as he did last year. But he's still a top three quarterback. You must also remember, Patrick Mahomes missed a couple of games. That really kind of hurt him. So I do think he's a top three quarterback. But I think Kyler's going to take a step up. If Mahomes plays a full season, there you go. Shit, last year, Dak was the second highest scoring quarterback. So there's him to worry about because now he's got CeeDee Lamb too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Pardon me. I had to wet the whistle a little bit. Throat was getting a little dry. But I think uh, the running back situation is a little bit different. It's interesting because Gus Edwards is not not bad. And he can get some chunk yardage. And then you got Justice Hill, who I personally really like. And... Coach Harbaugh said he expects him to step up in year two and, and have a bigger role. And then there's Mark Ingram. And, of course, you can't forget about the rookie, J.K. Dobbins, who really is the future of that team. Now, maybe he doesn't get uh, a ton of play this year, J.K. Dobbins, but if the talent's there and he flashes it right away, he'll be hard to keep off the field. And I do think they the, the, Gus Edwards would be the odd man out, if you ask me, as far as this year. Because while he's made some good plays, they're highly invested in J.K. Dobbins. They gave Mark Ingram a contract. Justice Hill, decent round pick. Gus Edwards, not. So if I had to shape up the depth chart, at least by mid-season, I imagine Ingram, Dobbins, Hill, Edwards. And maybe Hill gets a little more run this year. We'll, we'll see. It's, that's an interesting one because it's hard to predict because they really are pretty good backs, all of them. But I think when it comes to talent, Dobbins is at the top. Hill is right behind him. We'll just have to see if they, you know, Mark Ingram what goes on with him does he last the whole because I could see where he's gone next year and it's J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill main dudes so we'll see we shall see Hollywood Brown 
everybody assumes he's going to be the number one, right? But they did draft some guys. Devin DuVernay, James Prochet. Both have decent profiles. Both interesting. I do like them both. I really do. But I think people are forgetting about Miles Boykin. 6'4", 220. Runs a 4-4-2. Speed score, burst score, agility score, catch radius, all 90th percentile and above. As a matter of fact, the agility score is 90th percentile. The other three are 98th and 99th percentiles. Dude's a fuck of an athlete, okay? Lacks a little bit of the college production as far as college domination. Or college dominator rating. But when you look into it, he had some terrible quarterback play at Notre Dame. And that, unfortunately, can affect you, obviously, right? We've seen that with some other guys. <clears throat> so he's got the athleticism. He's got great workout metrics. And it's not that he doesn't have any college. It's okay. It's just not mind-blowing. You expect more from an athlete like that. Um, but it can be hard. Difficult, I should say, in, in, in particularly in college, to deal with, um, you know, below average quarterback play. So that has to be taken into account. And I think Miles Boykin takes a big step in year two. And that's my big prediction for the a AFC North's division champion, Baltimore Ravens. And don't forget Mark Andrews. He's a top five tight end. If he stays healthy, he's a top five tight end. That's all there is to it. So we move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. They're a little more exciting this year, right? Right? Joe Burrow, he'll start right away. He'll start. And then you got to think, if he really can be what we, well, what most people expect him to be, that's a bump up at that position. Their offensive line's a little bit better. So you got Joe Mixon. Now he's talking about holding out. We'll see if that actually happens. But I think you got Joe Mixon there. A.J. Green, he did sign. He's on the franchise tender. So we'll see if he gets traded at some point in the year. But I do think T. Higgins is kind of the A.J. Green replacement waiting in the wings for 2021, maybe a little earlier. But I really like Tyler Boyd and John Ross. I actually like him, too, if he could stay healthy. I think both those guys are definitely going to benefit from Burrow. And I do think A.J. will have a decent year, too. People are kind of sleeping on him a little. It's just the hard thing is, is if you're in Dynasty, it's just not worth it. Like Julio, I get. And I know A.J. Green has more touchdowns, but... Some guys, like AJ's just gotten older and the health just hasn't been there. So I don't know. I think it's a bit of a prove-it year for AJ. How much gas do you really have left in the tank, dude? Because you were once a stud in one of my fucking faves. But I just feel like it's fading a little bit, bro. feel like it's fading a little bit. Gio, uh, we know what Gio Bernard is, but... uh, for the time being, he's the direct backup. 
to Mr. Joe Mixon. And they got some other guys, Travion Williams, Rodney Anderson, both watch them. They both have decent profiles. Uh, Rodney Anderson's a little bit better, but Travion Williams seems to be the next on the depth chart. And does get some love from some of the beat reporters and coaching staff. So that might be one to pay attention to if the mix and holdout continues. And then I want to talk about tight end for the Bengals. Because many who think CJ Uzumwa maybe, maybe might be the guy, right, right, right. But here's the thing. Drew Sample, 6'5", 255. Second round pick out of Washington. This dude runs a 4'7", 78 percentile speed score. He's got slightly below average burst score, but agility score, catch radius, boom, back up there. He does not have also a lot of college production, but you can't be denied he, he he's an athlete. And I think that they're going to take a look at, because CJSM was nothing special. Come on. Zuma's not anything special. So I do think Drew Sample is someone to look at as a potential tight end there. And as we know, young QBs, they do enjoy that safety blanket of a tight end. And I just think Sample could develop a nice little connection with the rookie Burrow. And uh, that's what I got for you on the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll move on to the Cleveland Browns. I, d- I think I need to add some sound effects for this part, right? Like, and moving on to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, there we go. Or. There we go. Something. I don't know. I'll figure it out for the next Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Cleveland Browns. I believe Baker Mayfield will have a bounce back here. That's right. I believe he'll finish as a QB1. Because the talent's there. Not just with him, but on the offense. I just think last year they had some trouble with the line. And that's some trouble with the fucking play calling and Freddie Kitchens. I just, it, it, I feel like, look, as someone who's watched the Vikings for years and years, it's hard to call myself, I, I'm still a fan of the Vikings. I guess you'd say I'm just down on them. <laughs> but when it comes to the Vikings, I'm familiar with Kevin Stefanski. He's been around. They've kept him through coaching change and coaching change because he's a good coach, Okay. He never got enough love. And, yeah, a lot of last year, his one season as a coordinator, a lot of that was was help from Gary Kubiak. But he's worked with so many people in that kind of umbrella that he's already learned a lot of that and uses a lot of it. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think he's going to love Baker Mayfield. He's going to know how to use, really, really use Beckham. Landry, just like he did with Diggs and Thielen. He's going he's gonna to be able to use Hooper and Njoku. And then f- fucking Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think this is an offense that could really take 
a significant step up this this year. A significant step up. Chubb is the man, but I think Kareem Hunt is definitely worth having. Definitely worth having. If anything happens to Chubb, bam, Kareem Hunt's the man. And don't rule out Dontrell Hilliard, people, is a good fucking running back. Okay, he's a good football player. But he's also buried on the depth chart. But should something happen to Mr. Kareem Hunt or Mr. Nick Chubb, Hilliard can step right in. He is capable. He's not at the same level as the other two, but he's capable enough. I like Dontrell Hilliard, so this is a little bit of a sneaky play. A little bit of a got to keep your eye on, if you know what I mean. But Nick Chubb, he's the man. Kareem Hunt, I just, I think he's going to be really good this year, too. And I have faith in the OBJ return. I really do. I think, like I said, I think Stefanski's really going to know how to use OBJ and Landry, much like he did with Diggs and Thielen. I think he'll be able to rock that just fine. And then, you know, is there a potential number three there? Well, I think so. And that, you know, there's a few other guys on the team. Some people have been waiting for Rashard Higgins, and they, you know what? I like Higgins, but he's also nothing special. And you want to look, they acquired last year a guy by the name of Taewon Taylor, someone who I really wanted to break out. I really did in Tennessee. But it just never happened. It just never happened. But he's got pretty good metrics. Runs a 4-5-40. Above average. Across the board. Agility score is all the way up in the 93rd percentile. Dominator rating 77th. College yards per reception 84th. College target share 88th. Best comparable to Doug Baldwin. What am I missing? Now maybe you could say, if he's talented, why didn't he produce in Tennessee? Well, sometimes it happens, man. Particularly, you know, they had some guys there. They didn't throw the ball a lot. So they keep adding receivers, Corey Davis. And then A.J. Brown. They finally get um, a quarterback they like in Ryan Tannehill. And he's he's connecting with A.J. Brown. Like, Taewon Taylor didn't have much of a chance after they continued to draft receivers and go higher and higher. But he is a talented dude. Talented dude. And if he can claim that wide receiver three chair in Cleveland, whew, I like that. Now, I tend to believe it's going to be hard to, in that chair, <laughs> get enough production to be extremely fantasy relevant. But again, injuries, and not just to receivers, tight ends. I really like Hooper and Njoku in this system. I don't know how much that'll mean fantasy-wise. It's not the greatest fantasy. Now, if Njoku gets traded, that obviously would up his value, depending on where he goes, and Austin Hooper's value. And then it adds some value Terrence and Bryant, right? But there could be a lot of two tight end sets, shit like that. They, it's going to be tricky to see where the production comes from. But I do think OBJ 
Landry, and then you're going to have the tight ends after that. So after that, and Kareem Hunt's going to get passes. So who's going to come next? That number three wide receiver? That's pretty far down the list. But still, an injury anywhere could open up more targets. And I like Taewon Taylor to win that job. I do, I do, I do, I do. And make sure you're stashing Mr. Bryant. Because if Njoku gets traded, to me, that vaults him right up to number two on the team. So, definitely someone to keep an eye on. Let's move on. (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben. Big Ben's back. He's almost 40, a little broken down, a little heavy. But you know what? He's got a year left in him, right? (laughs) Year or two? I can't imagine the uh, Steelers are going to go much longer with him at the helm. But I do think, given he's healthy, and it sounds like he is, I do think he can have a good year this year. And if he has a good year, the rest of the offense will. Because that was part of the problem last year, right? Bad quarterback play. It really hurt Juju. Even Deontay Johnson, who had a pretty good year, could have been better. So Big Ben, we'll see right behind him. You got Mason Rudolph, which they seem to have confidence in, uh, unlike much of the rest of the football world. At running back, James Conner. Now, I'm not big into James Conner. And in, 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 I've really never been, but in Dynasty, I, I just would avoid him. Unless you're kind of, you know... Looking for that, the problem is, is he'll go early enough that he's just not worth the value in Dynasty because he's not got much left in the tank. He's hitting, starting to hit that point where running backs fall off, and he's already dealt with several injuries. You know, fragile a little bit, man. But in a guillotine league, in a redraft, I love him this year. Because <laughs> Mike Tomlin will use just a one guy, and he will use the shit. Oh, what the hell was that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I know what that is. That is my speaker that I use for the fucking sound effects being an asshole. Saying, oh, I'm about out of battery. Please plug me in. But it didn't say that. It just beeped. (laughs) That was not like a warning sign for anything that I was talking about, I promise. But after Connor, well... Benny Snell's nothing special, and he proved it last year. Jalen Samuels, we thought, could be something solid, and he proved that was wrong <laughs> last year. None of those guys really, there, there wasn't a lot after. Connor, I got to give it to him. In that offense, if they're feeding him the ball, he's productive. I just don't trust it long term, which is why I don't think he's worth it in Dynasty. But again, redraft type leagues, sure. Behind him is who's interesting. Because I still think Jalen Samuels could do something. I mean, that offense was atrocious last year. If you got Big Ben out there, that might be a different story with Jalen Samuels. And then you got Anthony McFarlane, the rookie, who is definitely someone to get on your team and keep an eye on. If anything, just because of Connor's health, you have no idea how that's going to shake out if Connor goes down. They seem to like Benny Snell, but still, Benny Snell doesn't have the juice 
that either of the other guys do. I just don't see happening. I just, I don't know. <laughs> so McFarlane could be the next man up. Something to keep an eye on. Juju Smith. Schuster. Deontay Johnson. James Washington. Some of the receivers there. They also drafted Chase Claypool. Big guy who really should be a tight end. But that's going to be an interesting situation because we know the Steelers aren't necessarily looking to pay Juju, right? Right. So, if they're not going to pay the motherfucker, what are they going to do? Does that mean that there's a lot of hype around Deontay Johnson? And I, I pushed a little bit of myself because there is reason to believe he could vault himself up into that. Look at the Steelers. This happens. Emmanuel Sanders left. It became Antonio Brown show, right? Antonio Brown leaves. Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster was banged up last year. Doesn't look like he's going to continue on with Pittsburgh because they don't want to pay him. And boom, Deontay Johnson's team, maybe. I like James Washington, but I think when it comes down to it, Deontay Johnson is more the prototypical go-to receiver. James Washington, more your deep threat. And Chase Claypool, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, especially because they did sign Eric Ebron, who I think is a sneaky play. I think he is a sneaky play because they, they tried this with Vance McDonald. First of all, the opportunity is there, but Vance McDonald, not the best of tight ends, of athletes. And number two, number two, not the poo, you know what I mean, A, B, and I'll go A, B instead of one, two. <laughs> but B, Eric Ebron is talented, and if ben, Big Ben is healthy, that could be a perfect target for him. So I think this is, and again, the, even here, Ebron, probably not someone I'm targeting in Dynasty, but redraft, guillotine, I could totally see Ebron this year being a tight end one. I could. I could. Anyway, that's what we got for you folks. That's what I've got for you. The divisional breakdown, that's right. And again, we'll do division. Each pod in the madness, break it down just like this. Just like this. So let's take a quick breather, come back, and close up shop. Game over, man. Game over. That's right. It is the end of the pod. Tis over. For now. For now. Just for now. Just for now. We'll be back later in the week. I'll be back later in the week. <laughs> Sorry, I know we will, will, will. I do hear a lot of voices in my head, so maybe that's what I'm referring to. I am quite mad, they say. Anyway, anyway, speaking of that, don't forget to follow me at RMK Madness on the Twitters, on the Gram. And I'm still getting there on the Patreon. I'm working on it. I'm just as bad as I would like to get it up. Because... I could use the money if I want to keep, you know, keep doing this. If I want to continue on this path, it would be helpful for those listening to, you know, kick a little in, donate a bit. But I want to make sure that I get it set up right and that 
what you get in return, your gifts from these different tiers on Patreon. I want to make sure that it's right. I want, I want my listeners, whoever believes in me, I want to treat you guys well. Whoever believes in me and supports me, I want to make sure you're treated as well as possible. I'm no bullshit about that. Okay? That's real shit. I've been working really hard at different things for many years of my life. And, I, and now that I'm starting to get some traction going, fuck, man. Anybody that keeps supporting me and keeps pushing me, you know, to do better, to do more, and who keeps helping me rise up, you know, I, I want you fuckers to know I appreciate you. And I know I called you fuckers, but that's just how I talk. Remember that Chappelle show? That's just how I talk. But that's real shit. Real shit. Anybody that supports me, I appreciate the shit out of it because I I got to get out of the restaurant business. <laughs> and, you know, my creativity, that part of my brain, that, that I've always felt like that's my ticket out. And, you know, again, now that things are rolling a little bit, it's nice to have some some support now and uh i very much appreciate it that's all there is to it so i got speaking of that i got a big week of writing ahead trying to get this patreon stuff set up trademark blah 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 so i'm gonna have a nice filled week i hope all of you have a wonderful week and you know have things to occupy yourself whether it's you know i hope most of you aren't having to go out and work in these conditions, but I know with some it's unavoidable. And hey, they're ending that fucking pandemic unemployment, so <clears throat> that's going to hit a few of us as well. Well, just even more reason for me to keep on keeping on with this stuff and, you know, trying to make traction this way. And that is the plan. But also this week. Don't forget, and I believe it's Wednesday. Wednesday would be the 20th. Yeah. Wednesday night will be the night that uh, Neowise, Neowise the Comet, is the closest to Earth that it will be. It will not be back for 7,000 years. I've seen some really cool pictures of it on Twitter, Reddit. Haven't been able to capture anything myself yet, as I've stated, because of the fucking clouds. But it's supposed to be a little bit clearer the next couple of days, so we'll see how it goes. And I assure you, if I get some good stuff, I will post it on the Twitters for you. That's right. And the and the gram. And the grams. I got the wife helping me get that rolling too. <sighs> so anyway, eyes to the sky, madcaps, don't forget. All week, but particularly Wednesday. And have a great week. Get your shit done. We'll be back in a few days to discuss more fantasy football. Heading into the weekend. That's right. That's and potentially baseball this weekend, right? Potentially. Hmm. Very interesting. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, everybody, have a good one. Remember, as always, stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad, and ta-ta for now. Laters. <laughs> Welcome to the show.